Have you ever made someone mad from something that you posted on social media on for business purposes, not your personal, this isn't your personal page or anything. Have you ever posted something on your business page and actually made someone mad from it? If you are anything like me, I've posted several things that people got triggered by um, and um, it was inadvertent. I didn't mean to make someone mad by this. I thought I was just posting something that everyone would like. The longer that I have been doing social media marketing and uh, participating in that for our family-owned businesses, I have found that people will get triggered and frustrated about everything you post, it seems. And so today, we want to explore the topic of should you just go ahead and make your marketing more polarizing? Should you make videos intentionally to drive a certain amount of people away from your business? And is this a good idea? I argue that in this whole episode that basically by creating content to cater it to one audience that you will automatically drive other people away from your business and that that though it sounds scary is a good thing for your business that's what we're talking about today i hope you enjoy hello and welcome to the better business podcast where we help you improve your family-owned retail business i'm with my co-host today chris fox from fox strategy the marketing genius and my name is Steve Cook. I'm a third generation business owner. And with the things I've learned and talk about on this show, I've taken my family's retail business to over $10 million in sales. Now let's get to the show. If you have ever received a hateful comment, this podcast is for you. The question is, if you run a business and you are in charge of perhaps marketing for that business. The question is, is if you frustrate someone or offend someone or make someone mad on your social media, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Most people think it's a bad thing, but the question I want to propose to Mr. Chris Fox today is, should your posts be more vanilla so that you don't offend anyone? And if you're posts and content become more and more vanilla, is that a good thing? Or is getting hateful comments, is does that do any good? Is, is, there, is that something you should try to stay away from? Is it something that you should try to pursue? Should I try to make polarizing content? Should I try to step on people's toes and, and kind of offend people at times and, and uh, have a way that it gets more attention for me or something like that? Or should I completely stay away from that? Is polarizing content a great way to get interactions? And if it does get interactions, is that always a good thing? Is is attention getting attention? Is it is it always a good thing? I think that's kind of the old adage in um, publicity: is is uh, any news is good news, um, and and different things like that. But the question today is: is offending someone online or or polarizing content online is it always a good thing and specifically for a business for a retail business that is trying to sell products chris what do you mm. think great question i think right out of the gate um 
I would, I'll totally agree and, and, um, accept the premise, you know, of the idea, let's make polarizing content because people want and need to be challenged. Um, people want and need to be invited to share their opinions. So yeah, I think, uh, at its most basic, um, your marketing should steer clear of being too bland or too vanilla. Um, we want flavor. We want, uh, to know, you know, your opinions and we want to invite people to disagree with us. Um, you know, I think there's a line when, when comments or opinions, um, on social media become hateful in a way that, you know, isn't respectful. And I think that we should always watch that line, um, especially when thinking about the idea of offending people. We, we don't want to offend people um, in a way that is personal. Um, we want to challenge people and push people mm -hmm. and get them to share their opinions and stand up for what they believe in. I think those are all good things uh, as, as long as we always acknowledge that line. You know, uh, some something that uh, me and the uh, person that records our TikToks has been talking about a lot recently is how triggering some topics are, especially around, of course, we're in the feed business, especially around a lot of things with pets, right? A lot of people um, treat their pets much like they do their children. And if you've ever... Um, seen a post in some sort of mom's groups or something like that about car seats or, uh, you know, homeschooling versus public schooling or something like that. I, I think you can see how triggered people can get about their pets or their children. Um, and so that's kind of what, what brought this up in my mind is why, why, and, and what should you talk about in your content? Um, I think that everyone would agree, um, in, kind of a, a way of segue here. I think everyone would agree that you should stay away from controversial topics if you are not selling that as a product. So what I mean by that is we're in the feed business. So for me to start talking about politics on my channel, I feel like it is of no value unless that is just some moral pull I have towards that. Um, I feel very strongly about a certain way of, of religion and things like that, but I don't talk about that as a way of selling products. And, and if somebody does feel, you know, like some sort of moral tug to do that. Um, you know, I think that's great. Uh, you know, my in-laws actually put like a Bible verse on some of their invoices and stuff like that. If, if someone feels the, the urge to do that, I think that's fine. Um, however, I, I personally stay away from anything that's not talking specifically about our products. But the question is, 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 do you think that, um, if someone did talk about that, if you, if, if someone did talk about politics or religion or something like that on their platform solely to get, uh, uh, interactions going and things like that, maybe they didn't actually give their side. Like, what do you guys think about Republican versus Democrat or something like that on their platforms? Do you think that that's a good way to, to get attention and, and to get interaction on your posts? I think that. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question because, and let's let's group a couple of things together here. So talking about controversial topics just for the engagement, I would lump that in with, with things like putting up a social media post because it's National Donut Day uh, or, you know, something that's very, like you've already hit the nail on the head, something that's very not on brand for you or not in the, the niche, um, of your expertise, what you're selling. Um, all of that, all of that stuff is kind of just begging for engagement. And 
I would say that people actually don't enjoy brands or businesses who seem desperate for engagement. Um, now, if you ask a genuine controversial question uh, that makes sense for your brand or that's in line with, with your niche, uh, people see that as a true invitation to share their opinion. So I think if we lump all of that content together, um, that's a little bit more desperate for engagement, my answer would be no, whether or not it's controversial. You know, some not everybody's down with National Donut Day, but it's not very controversial. But then on the other side, something like politics or religion could be. Um, and I agree with you. I think if someone feels a moral obligation to use their platform to speak about that, they should. My only push to them or advice to them would be to make it a regular part of your platform. Uh, don't just make it this one time you stood up and said something because things got so bad or you got so frustrated or, you know, something was dire. Again, that's what kind of confuses people when your content um, takes a hard left turn um, from what you usually do. It's just confusing to people. So it throws them off. Um, so if you feel this moral obligation to bring a, a controversial topic, uh, you know, into your marketing or, or onto the channels or platforms you use, my advice would be to do it regularly because then you build an audience of people who appreciate your opinion, value your thoughts, and they'll feel comfortable sharing theirs as well. Um, but like you're talking about being in the feed business, I think it's 100% a win for you to share controversial opinions, topics, or ask questions inside that feed industry niche that gets people talking in a way that is genuine engagement. You know, you in we've seen some posts go quite viral because of asking a controversial question or you uh, taking a controversial stance on alfalfa hay, right? Um, so that that mm -hmm. very specific topic for this very specific audience uh, is is controversial. It lights up the comment section and that's a win across the board because people feel seen and valued. They feel like your brand is inviting them to disagree and to share. And we do it all in a way that's like, yeah, everybody pile on. If you think this is the worst, uh, you know, let us know. Um, if you think it's the best, let us know. And that creates that engagement that's very organic and it doesn't have to be politics or religion or, you know, something that, that's outside of the brand. You know, the point of anyone listening to something that's educational in its nature, whether it's uh, reading a book, watching a video, listening to a podcast that's educational, especially around business, is to try to take a shortcut, mm. right? Uh, so even if you read a book on parenting, um, you're trying to shortcut, oh, I did this wrong for five years, um, you know, and now I'm learning it or whatever. The, the whole point is to take a shortcut. So, you know, my advice in this would be, I have learned the hard way in a lot of these areas that if you post uh, any sort of content to be incredibly thoughtful about who wants to watch it and who would be watching this video um, or who would be reading this post or who would be engaging with this, um, I think a lot of people get you know, con uh, interaction on social media is a drug and you, as when you're trying to market, you are trying so hard to get people to interact with you and to enjoy the things that you post and things like that, that 
sometimes you can lose your way, or at least I have lost my way oftentimes where I'm like, oh, people thought this was funny. I'll do more of that. Or, oh, people thought this was entertaining. I'll do more of that. And what happens is um, we went through this stage where we posted uh, funny uh, memes and it, it first started, we posted a funny meme about a horse and, um, you know, cause we sell a lot of horse products that turned into a lot of funny things about pets that turned into a lot of funny things about just funny things about the weather and stuff. Next thing, you know, we have, you know, hundreds of people that are following our page and interacting with our content that don't even have animals. And all of a sudden, then when you post something specifically to try to sell your horse products or whatever, it's crickets. And you're like, man, why does that happen? And I think a lot of people are confused about, man, this isn't, you know, social media is for the birds. It doesn't actually produce sales. And that's what happens is you build your audience towards a specific thing because that's what got you interactions. And then you blink and now I have the wrong audience. Um, we did that a lot on this, um, this personal brand, you know, um, posting, content about, you know, general business advice. And all of a sudden I blinked and there was, you know, 15 people that were commenting on my Instagram posts that were business coaches and, um, you know, salespeople and stuff like that. I'm like, that's not even the audience. I don't have any idea about that world. I want to talk about retail, you know, family owned businesses. Um, so I think you can quickly lose your way by um, trying to get into this, you know, polarizing. If you post five or six, com you know, things about politics or whatever it might be, all of a sudden you look and <laughs> there's a bunch of people that are, you know, wanting to give their opinion on Republican versus Democrat and you're not selling any, uh, you know, hot tea or whatever it might be. Um, so anyway, so I, I think that everyone would agree to to kind of stay away from things that are not your your particular product. Yeah. I mean, Any other thoughts absolutely. on that? Absolutely. I mean, in, in, in marketing, we call that message drift. When you mm. start to slide away from the clear, focused message that is going to be motivational and meaningful to your clear, focused audience. Um, so you're exactly right. And, and it happens to everyone. It happens all the time and it happens in small steps, um, which is what makes it so hard sometimes to see or even believe because it all feels right every small step until, like you say, you look up and, and uh, you're very far away from where you are. And that is something that needs special attention. It's one of the reasons I always tell my clients to write down their customer personas, uh, because this is a way that you can look every six months and say, are we still speaking to these people? Um, you know, that's where we would mm. say if, if we're looking at, um, you know, middle-aged uh, women who own uh, you know, two or more horses, um, in six months, we're posting weather memes and we have to ask ourselves, we get to look back and, re and refer to that written down customer persona. Are we still talking to these people? So yeah, message drift is, is super dangerous um, because it is really easy to follow the interaction, to follow the engagement, um, especially on a place like social media. I think one thing where this really... Um you can make sure that you're staying in the lane that you want to be in is um, this idea of uh, identifying your your target customer. Yeah. Um, I had never really thought about it as deeply. And, um, you know, we, we talked about it in depth. If uh, you're listening to this episode, we talked about it in depth on an episode called uh, 
um, your, your 2022 marketing guide or something like that, or marketing plan or something like that. It was around the first of the year. It was actually, uh, Chris and I that had that episode. Um, and so that, th that tackles this way more in depth, but, um, Chris, you, you actually kind of, uh, educated me on this when we first started working together about identifying your target customer and not only your target customer, but then a bunch of questions that perhaps would appeal to your customer and things like that. Talk about that. The, um, you know, we spent an entire day on it, so I know that there's a lot of nuances to it, but, um, talk about some of the questions that you should ask at the beginning of a marketing journey, I guess you, you could say. Yeah. I think that, uh, one question that I like to kick off with is have people, um, think of their best customer, um, you know, as small businesses, um, especially family owned businesses and, and, and in retail as well, you have a, a face and a name when I say, who's your best customer and a good place to start is to, is to make a list of things that you like about them. Why do you do business with them? Why are they your best customer, right? Well, maybe they spend the most money or maybe they pay their invoices on time. Maybe they, um, are always open to new ideas. They value your opinion. Um, they call you when they have a problem. All of these are really important uh, pieces to your ideal customer persona because they are the things that, yeah, Facebook's not gonna have a, a checkbox for this socioeconomic definition of who somebody is. So once you make this mm -hmm. list of, of who, um, what are the things that you like about your, your best customer, uh, start thinking about your other customers that you really like working with and write down things about them. When you've done that three or four times for three or four different people, you'll start to have things that you can circle that exist on every list or exist on most of the lists. And that's a great place to start uh, for your customer persona. Now think about how old are they? How do they spend money? Uh, you know, what kind of shopper are they? Those more traditional, uh, you know, ideas of who is an ideal customer. But the, the question of what do you like about your best customers uh, is really at the getting at the heart of marketing because the, the goal of marketing across the board is to identify your ideal customer and multiply them. That's the goal of marketing. So if you're doing marketing, if, if you're posting something on social media, even if you don't have a whole strategy behind what you're doing, if you stop and ask yourself if the goal of this post is to identify my ideal customer and multiply them, that can help shape the way you write those two sentences on social media. That's how powerful this question is. But like I said a moment ago, the, the longevity in this, the way we avoid message drift is by writing this stuff down. So when we've built that persona, this picture of who our ideal customer is, we write it down so that we can always uh, reference back to it. Um, and then one other thing. So the first question being, who's your ideal uh, client? Who's your best favorite client? What, what, a, what do you love about them? The other question I would push people to ask is, think about all of your customers um, and wh what do you do to make their lives better? And that is, should be part of their customer persona because that's literally a, a benefit or a success message that you're selling them. If you're going to make, you know, having horses or caring for your horses more enjoyable, then that's the success, you know, that you do. If you're going to help people save time uh, so they can spend more time 
with their horses riding out, you know, in the out in the world, loving what they do, write that down. That's part of, of that message as well. And again, in six months, in 12 months, when we look back and we say everything that we've put out into the world, you know, we've we've done some public speaking, we've been at the chambers of commerce, we've posted on social media, we've sent some emails, we've had our salespeople make some cold calls. We, we get to look back and ask ourselves, have we been talking about that piece of success? Have we been casting that vision uh, for these for these customers? And if we have, then we should have seen sales go up. And if we haven't, then we're drifting away from that mes me mes message. The, you know, kind of along those lines, the last thing I was wanting to talk about is that oftentimes by talking about the thing that you do the best, it creates someone that hates what you do. <laughs> um, so if for an example, the thing that we do the best is we have higher quality products than a lot of other places. So a typical uh, cattle person, a lot of people see a bale of hay as a bale of hay, but a typical cattle person will see a bale of hay and just want to know how much the price is per pound uh, because cattle are so efficient at uh, digesting hay that it doesn't really matter as much uh, how much nutrition is in that hay as um, what a horse owner would care about. And a horse owner, uh, horses are a lot more fragile and have a lot more delicate digestive system than a cow. Um, and for that reason, the quality of the product is way more important oftentimes than the price. Um, along those same lines, since their uh, digestive system is so delicate, it also really matters how how high of a quality it is because it can actually cause issues um, that make the horse have to go to the vet or something like that. So it ends up being more expensive and horse owners do realize that oftentimes. So my point in saying all this is a lot of times by posting content about the quality of a product and posting content about how the price doesn't really matter in the world of quality and things like that, because it doesn't for a horse owner, what that does is, is that inadvertently pisses off every cattle customer that pisses off every person that doesn't care about quality and it polarizes that person. So my question is, is that, is that something to double down on? We, we recently have really gotten more aggressive at this notion of forget the price. You know, we, we care to, about quality and forget about the price. We are convenience based. And so what that does is that, that polarizes people that only care about price. And they're like, Oh yeah, of course you'd say that you're the highest price around, blah, blah, blah. Um, do you think that that's good? Should that be something that we double down on? Or is that something that you should maybe shy away from? And you could take this to any business. Let's say a boutique, um, you know, that wants to only sell to a high-end mom or whatever. She's going to say, forget Ross, you know, uh, forget TJ Maxx, whatever. Um, and only do that, you know, talk to those types of people. Is that unwise because you're driving people away from your business? My, from my standpoint is, is that by talking to the customer you want, you're automatically going to polarize somebody. And I wrote an article last week on, a, on the same topic that said, by talking about anything, you're going to polarize people. By talking about how I think that everyone is created equal, I'm polarizing Hitler. He doesn't. He doesn't like that, <laughs> you know. Um, and so that that is polarizing, and and a lot of people are okay with that. Okay, yeah, I don't want Hitler to like me. That's okay. Um, you know, is is that okay to talk about things that you want to cater to that polarizes? Yeah, I would. I would say 
let me introduce another word too. So polarizing or, or push people away is also disqualify. And for a lot of people in business, you know, if you're a family owned business who has to have leads, maybe you're not in a retail space and you have leads and you're going to qualify these leads. Um, the idea of qualifying a customer in business, um, is simply to say that this person wants what we offer, can afford it. We want to work with them. They want to work with us. That's a qualified lead. The most mm. powerful and effective marketing in the world will also disqualify people from wanting to do business with you. Bingo. And so that's exactly what you're saying. If if you don't want to be the competitor on price in your space, in your you know market, then don't be the competitor on price. Market against it. You know, polarize people away from that. Um, it actually will save you more money as a business to get people out of your store and off of your website than to try to have to qualify and explain to every single person and take forever to figure out whether or not they're actually your ideal customer. So yeah, I think you're, you're spot on. Polarize uh, things, make, you know, stand up for, if you're gonna be the quality, you know, competitor, then stand up for that. And people will mock you for your prices and that's okay, uh, they're not your people. Um, it's really, really powerful once you realize that you maybe need less than 1% of your market uh, to be successful in your mm. business, which means that 99% of the people are not going to like what you have to say, not going to think your stuff's very cool, not going to buy from you. And that's part of the plan. Because if you can sell to those one to that 1% of people in your market who are your ideal customer, you'll make more money, you'll have a happier life, your business will be successful for decades. Yeah, it reminds me of those. Uh, it reminds me of those restaurants that have like the, it's like the heart attack restaurant or whatever. Yeah. You if you like over three hundred pounds, you get like a discount and all that stuff. So, you know, like it reminds me of that. Like, dude, that's like kind of edgy. You know, like you're you're encouraging. You know, but it at the end of the day, it's like that is our customer. Like, no, no, you know, hardcore health freak vegan is gonna want to come eat a big greasy meal here at our, you know, place or whatever. So, um, you know, I think polarizing, polarizing content is, is definitely, um, something that you should work toward if it is in the customer persona that you're aiming at, if it's in the products that you are trying to push things like that. I think that, uh, the more polarizing it is, the more that someone will either say, wow, this store is not for me, which is scary, but it will also identify very clearly that some people will say, wow, this store is yeah. for me. I I want what they are selling. Um, so just as scary as those people that you're pushing away, it is also much more clear to the audience that um, you are trying to attract. Um, closing thoughts, anything from I you? Think that's, I think you're right. Uh, the more you can push people who are not your ideal client away, the better and faster, which is super important, your ideal client or customer will identify with you and, and be loyal to you. In conclusion, go out there and make somebody mad today. Uh, create some piece of content that really drives somebody away from your business. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Of course. So thank you for listening to this episode. If you are new here, this is Chris Fox from Fox Strategy. He is the marketing guru. If you have any questions, his website is in the link in the bio. I'm Steve Cook. I have nothing to sell you but horse feed. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for listening.